I became so thankful for everything that my life, the way it started and the way it, it came out to be because it made me who I am and it gave me that drive and it gave me, the drive actually gave me a lot of satisfaction. I think financial part is, it's almost like the secondary side effect. It, it was never actually the main goal, um, but it gave me the drive of challenge. I think that was a lot of people, they look at me and some of them, they say, you're an alcoholic. And I said, no, I'm living on the adrenaline of the challenge. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Shulset. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today, I'm here with my new friend, Andrea coming to us out of Canada. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, really a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for being here. So normally I would ask why real estate, but you and I were talking before we started recording and it seems that real estate chose you. Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened? Sure, yeah. Um, for everybody that will listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure they're gonna feel a, a strong accent in my voice. And that accent comes, I, I will never hide it. I will never try. I, I can't even hide it. Um, I'm an immigrant to Canada. So I'm from Romania, Europe, East Europe. Um, and I immigrated here in 2007. And I was mentioning to you, like you said, before we started, um, that you notice that my background is it's in arts and I was an artist for the longest time and, and work in the movie industry as a um, special effect makeup artist. But then when I moved here, I had no choice due to the fact that there's, um, you know, a, a union here that creates a little bit of a monopole in, in um, being able to be hired for your performance. I had no choice but to actually go home and, and, and Google and figure out what am I going to do next? And um, as a new immigrant, it's almost like you're not starting from zero. You're starting from below the water. You know, um, Anything that you've been doing so far doesn't really uh, count in here. And I've been keep being hit by the fact that, you know, my experience, my school, my background, everything was in Europe and um, it didn't count much in here. So I, I had no choice but to go go home and just Google and see what, what job can I get in here that will allow me to be in control of my own finances, my own time, um, be able to grow and, and be rewarded on my efforts and not having a boss. I think that was that was so important. I was very lucky, like I was telling you, working in the movie industry, it's a very regimented system. If you if you ever had the chance to work in this industry, I think this is the best thing that can happen to any teenager or young person to go and work in this environment. Even as a volunteer, you're supposed to go at 4.30 in the morning, the cars picking you up, you work for 18 hours straight, you have one hour break, 12 hours on the set, Every single second matters because it, it actually translates in millions of dollars in terms of paying, you know, the crew paying, um, the artists and, and celebrities. So it's so important that you have that work ethic. So having that work ethic really allowed me to have a strong belief that 
um, I can actually do this and be an entrepreneur and be independent and and make this happen. So I literally just went home and I Googled and uh, real estate keep coming back as being one of you know, the options that I can finish the school quite fast. Um, and your results are solo based on your efforts. So it was a no brainer. And um, I end up in there, real estate. Yeah. That was so how many years have you been an, an, uh, an agent, Andrea? Since 2011. So 2011, yeah. it's a lot of years. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I can't believe it. I, I, I still feel like, no, it's, I just thought it. <laughs> yeah. You're with EXP, right? I am. I was actually for my entire career, put it this way, um, with another company. Do, can I, am I allowed to say? Which sure. Company? Yeah, of course. With, uh, Royal Page, um, which is extremely popular in Canada. It's an amazing company. I can tell you that um, I had no um, no complaints. I had my entire career there. I became a top producer, 1% in, in Toronto, 5% in, in Canada. And I've, I've done it there. So for anyone looking, just so you know, it's, it's an amazing company. I think at some point I grew out of the business model that they had. Um, and I was hoping at, at the time when I was looking to expand, uh, one of the options was actually to purchase a franchise. And I was in, in the midst of actually purchasing a franchise of Royal Page because that's what I knew for my entire career. Um, and after analyzing both options and EXP model, um, it was a no-brainer. And without trying in any way, because this is not a, a podcast of of um, selling EXP, but the reality is we have to face it and we have to see it as it is. EXP is the new the new Amazon and the new Netflix and the new, you know, uh, Uber. And um, a lot of people, including myself, believe it or not, when Uber came out, I said I would never use a Uber because it's not <laughs> safe. I would never go to an Airbnb because it's this and that. And um, I don't actually go to a hotel ever. So um, all I can tell you is that I wish I was more open to it when people and productive people keep in mind that I was a, a Mike Ferry um, train uh, like a student for years, like decades. So I used to go to this retreat and 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 be surrounded by these massive top producers, and they all joined the XP. And I was resistant for about two years before I, I wasn't even open to hear it. And all I can tell you was a mistake. I think it's not for everyone. I can tell you right this second for anyone listening. EXP, it's not for everyone, but I see it like this. There's people that they're in production and there's people that they're in growth. So the people that they're in production can have a really amazing career and stay in production. And then there's people that want more than that. Um, and that's what EXP is for. If you want to grow and expand, that's the difference. Not to say that a company like, like uh, Rala Page can support you to become a great producer, but in my opinion, you still have just the salary. It's, it's a good salary. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a great salary, but still zero salary. So, yeah. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. I'd like to go deeper into your success. And I think uh, I'm born and raised in the United States, so I'm not an immigrant. I don't have the experience that you do. But I think that going through that process and 
especially coming from another country and starting, like you said, below the water, it builds something in you and it creates so much character and so much drive and so much push and this almost fearlessness and tenacity. How have you applied this to your real estate business to propel yourself forward for success? You know, like everything you just mentioned about being a professional makeup artist is so much discipline and consistency. And one of the things you said that stuck with me prior to recording was you get one chance to show up. And if you don't show up, you're out and somebody else is in. Like, I think that is a huge, huge asset to being a real estate agent and owning and operating your own business. Um, yeah. We talk about yeah. these things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Tony Robbins says something that it's absolutely amazing and I ab absolutely adore him. So um, one of the things that it says is that the, the events or the people in your life that make you suffer or make your life hard, um, they're the, also the people that you have to thank or be thankful for because they create your resilience, like how you say it, like your, you know, your resilience. Your, yeah. Yes. Your resistance. So it's unbelievable that um, something that for years as a teenager, I kind of felt a certain element of anger um, over years, I became so thankful for everything that my life, the way it started and the way it, it came out to be because it made me who I am and it gave me that drive and it gave me, the drive actually gave me a lot of satisfaction and a lot of, um, I, I think financial part is, it's, um, it's almost like the secondary side effect it was never actually the main goal, um, but it gave me the drive of challenge. I think that was a lot of people, they look at me and some of them, they say, you're an alcoholic. And I said, no, I'm living on the adrenaline of the challenge. Like they're asking me, how much do you need? And I said, I don't need. The money is a side effect. I don't, I don't plan on that. I plan on what's my next challenge. And that's something that came as a kid. I grew up in a communist country. Um, and as anyone that I talk to right now as an adult, I see them having the same kind of attitude and drive. Um, when you grow into, into a communist country, just, you know, you're deprived of, of heat in the house, you're deprived of food, you're deprived of water, you're deprived of, of information, you're deprived of everything that you can imagine. So as a kid, I grew up in that environment, but I also grew up with a lot of noise from a lot of people talking about the American dream. So it was instilled in me since I was born that somehow away from here, there's something amazing happening that you don't have the opportunity to do here. So the second I was able to do that and apply myself to leave, I left, even if at the time the country was no longer a communist country. So that played a huge role into my drive saying that I'm never going to starve again. I'm never going to not have heat in the house. I'm never going to not be able to take a bath. I'm never going to be in a position of not being secure in my own house. And I'm not going to depend on anything. Either it's the economy, it's the environment, is it a spouse, is it a parent? I'm not going to depend on anyone in any given circumstances. I'm going to be in control of everything that I have. And I'm able to anticipate 
what's going to happen with me. So that was instilling me, I think, from the second I was able to have a conscious mind and hear around and feel it because I was cold, because I was hungry. So that, I'm never going to regret that. That I think it was the best experience that happened to me that gave me, it gave me two things, the drive, but it also gave me the fact that if I lose everything tomorrow, I, I know that it means nothing because I'm not scared where, where you can be. You can be extremely low and you can still be happy. You can still be thoughtful. You can still be, you know, have hope. You can still do things. So that um, gave me so much, the value of money, the value of what matters. It's in my hands right now. So you, that's something that you don't get to be taught. You get to learn it as an experience and inherit it in, in you due to experiences. So I'm very, very thankful that I grew up the way I grew up. And then the fact that I, I didn't really have a work ethic. As a teenager, I was an extremely rebellious uh, person. And I also had this huge mind of changing the world and saving the people and saving the kids and saving the dogs. And I had this, you know, um, against everything that it was not the right thing for the people, um, always coming from the same place. But then going into, you know, seven years of regimented, almost like military regimented system of makeup artists in the movie industry where you, you literally, if you're not downstairs at the time that the car picks you up, you're out and you have to make your way there, but in time, like the time that you're supposed to get in the trailer. So that was a huge, huge, like anything after that prospecting for three hours, it's like, nothing peanuts being able to be disciplined it's peanuts because i used to have and we didn't work five days we work six days per week so we had only one day and then we jumped from one project to another in a day on a sunday you had to read the script for the next project so it was brutal but um you know when you're 20 years old you can do it physically you can do it mentally you can do it um the experience of being surrounded by people and understand also the concept of celebrity and being around them and understand that that's not the la la land that people see. So I, I got so much of it that it allowed me to stay grounded over the years. And yeah. Andrea, yeah. that was, that was a lot. And I'd like to talk about a couple of things because there's two key things that stand out to me coming from where you came from to where you are you went from literally surviving to creating an environment for yourself where you could thrive. And I know for me, one of my struggles has been, I've talked about this before on other episodes, is it took me a really long time to figure out how to get out of survival and figure out what it meant to get into thriving mode. And often when I was put into an abundant position, uh, financially, emotionally, whatever, I often made a lot of mistakes because I never got out of survival mode. I didn't realize I had to change my mindset and transition into thrive mode and that that would require a different skill set that I didn't have yet. How did you build that? Where did that come from for you? I think it's, uh, it's called risk tolerance. So 
that's the the part that I see a huge difference. I, I'll just give you an example. When I got into the movie industry, um, well, let's go even further. When I decided to go and become an artist, my close environment, they said no, because as an artist, you won't be successful. You won't have food to put on the table. So usually you go against the norm. So um, that's that happened then. Then when I, I finished the school and I was an artist with the dip, diploma from a university, going back into what it's called makeup artist for my close environment sounded like I'm taking a step back. So I still went I didn't have the support to do it, but I still went to do it. So my my tolerance for risk was high. I got actually, when I finished the school, I got a job into a TV station where my salary was higher than my dad's salary that was in his industry for more than 30 years. My dad was over the moon. And then when I got the opportunity to work with Paul Pottison, which had the, the Oscar for Braveheart, I left that job and I went to, to work for not a fraction, almost peanuts, for three months straight with no day off. And everybody was screaming that I'm absolutely insane to do so. And everybody said to me, do not do that. Do not do it. You don't know if you can even come back. You don't know if these people are going to give you other projects. And I had the high tolerance to risk. And I said, I'm going to give up this job and I'm going to go to work for free for three months. And from there, that opened a huge, huge thing for me. I like literally huge. When I say huge, I don't actually have a comparison for you to kind of know, unless you're coming from Romania, to kind of think of, I'll give you an example. This, the, the salary in Romania, let's say, was $100 per month. I was making 2000 so that's where it brought me to as a makeup artist in the movie industry. So that was the difference. And then from there, I said, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to go to Canada. And everybody said that I'm completely an insane person to do so. Like who, do, who has as much as I have and the opportunities and the status, not only the financial, but the status that I got being a key makeup artist after two years to move, leave everything behind and move to Canada and not even practice that anymore, like giving it up altogether. And I realized one thing, being driven or successful or having a satisfaction, it's not about actually finding what you're good at or your passion. It's I When I hear that, I'm like, no, I was passionate about, about that. I was passionate. It's about who you are. I am passionate, period. And if I give me a job that I'm part of it, I'm going to make that my passion. And it comes through the time that I'm putting in, the effort that I'm putting in. The passion comes through days and days of accumulation of experience and results and, and, and satisfaction of the work done well and results, good results. They don't come because suddenly I have a passion for real estate and I develop that. It's the other way around. You put in the work and the passion comes after you see the, the results. Once I start seeing the results, I start being passionate about it. I wasn't passionate about showing properties. I wasn't passionate about looking on MLS. How can you be passionate about it? 
But then when you are successful, when you build something around it, people are attracted to that and they come to you and then you become passionate about it. So there's actually only years later, I came across, and I can't remember right now, but I can let you know, a book that says clearly that there's science behind it because I'm a numbers person and I'm a lot into science. Um, there's a science behind it that shows that very high-performant people in a certain domain, they weren't had necessary more ability towards that. It was a coincidence, for example, kids playing the piano. It was a coincidence that their piano teacher was fun, was engaging. And because of that, they practice a little bit more. Because they practice a little bit more than their colleagues that couldn't stand their teacher, they got a little bit better at it. By that, it creates somehow, they start to compare themselves and said, I'm good at this compared with the other five. I maybe I should. Then the confidence give them the, the pleasure to do it more. And then it became a passion. The passion was not there waking up. I have a passion for it. Find your passion and then you're not going to work a day in your life. No, find something that you can be consistent on to be able at some point to become passionate about. And it doesn't come the other way around. That's my philosophy. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And that was all very well said. Let me ask you another question. And this is relevant to everything that you just said. I know for me, growing up in my particular situation, childhood, family, whatever, we were there were always struggles, right? Much different struggles than you, but struggles, right? With what we knew. And one of the things I was never taught was that you can feel good. You can make a choice to feel good regardless of your circumstance. And you talked a little bit about that. Um, when we started and what we just went over. How, how did you learn to feel good or how do you make a conscious choice to feel good so that you can move forward over an obstacle or something you're struggling with or if a deal goes south, you know? How, how do you work through that? Like what is the decision factor and the point and in which you have developed a skill or been able to tell yourself, you know what, that doesn't matter. I'm gonna choose this and go down this path. So I'm gonna answer this in two different ways. One okay. as a real estate agent, the real estate person, and then the person itself. As okay. a real estate person, I truly believe in that. If you generate, you don't have to tolerate. So if I generate sufficient business, if one deal goes out, it doesn't affect me at all. Do I put the effort that it doesn't? Absolutely, that's my job. I'm being paid for that. And if somehow that went south because of me, that's a big problem. But sometimes there's things you can't control. Right. So if, if a client doesn't want to work with me anymore, or better said, I fire a client, I have minimum standards. And because I generate business, I don't have to tolerate. So I don't have a problem with that. It's very easy. It's one of the things that I actually teach in my online course. The first thing first, you have to determine your minimum standards. Keep in mind that clients take space out of your mental and emotional portion of your human being. So if I have a client that takes space in a negative way, it takes away from me closing five transactions. So I don't need, I don't have that ego to 
put someone on a different path or convince them or educate them to be nice or to be, you know, to behave or to let me do my job. I let them go because I know for a fact that my mental health, it's way more important. My mental health gives me the ability to close more transactions. So the first thing I teach is create your minimum standards. My minimum standards is that I'm never going to work with a buyer without a contract. And that's okay. I'm losing 5% of the market and I'm okay because I'm getting 95 and the 95 that they're not on my nerves, that, that they get the best deals, that they work my way. I'm the specialist. If I go to a surgeon right now and I tell them, well, I actually want things to be done like that. Well, they can choose to say like that, what, like if you want to get operated or not, and that's your choice because it's your medical choice. But if you decide to get operated, please don't, don't, don't keep the, the, you know, the knife in, in your hands and do it yourself. And then I'm responsible for that. So if I have clients that don't understand that, no, thank you. So that's one thing, how I keep my mental strength. Um, the other mental strength, I get people that say, how do you stay always motivated? I don't. I actually don't. Um, I stay consistent. For me, it's not about uh, staying motivated. It's about being consistent and do one thing at a time. I, for example, I'm not a very techie person, but I realize that I have to become a techie person. I have to become good at it. I have another 40 years to live or whatever it is, 45 years to live. And we are in this world and I want to thrive in this world. I have to stop telling myself I can't because I can't to keep that. So um, I said, I said smaller goals. Um, if I learn how to do this thing the whole freaking day, the whole day, I don't care, the whole week, the whole month, if I get to learn that and I learn it good, that's good enough for me. So I stay consistent. I don't stay motivated. I've learned that uh, consistency gives me the next hope and the next hope. I have, I have times when I'm disappointed, but I think I went through so many events of disappointment that I understand that I go towards them. I want to be rejected because more rejects me gets me closer to the yes. More people that, you know, um, don't want to join with me or don't want to buy my product, that's okay. Because that means I get there to the ones that they want. So it's a mind switch that that there's no failure. There's literally no failure. It's frustration. I get frustrated and I scream it off and I do what I have to do. I'll give you an example. This Sunday, I had to finish for the second part of the course. I had to finish four six videos. And for five hours straight, my computer didn't work. I had to reinstall Loom, uh, didn't work to be reinstalled. Like literally everything went wrong. Like there was something to get. And five hours passes. I was dressed up, all of that didn't work. I got frustrated and then it worked after five hours. And I said to myself, well, it is what it is. I am here. Well, I'm going to finish and I'm going to try to finish the videos. I didn't finish six, but I finished four and I upload them. And I said, that's okay. It's fine. I'm going to scream it off, but still do it. One of the things that I tell to a client and to an agent recently that I coach, I said, cry and dial, cry and dial. Do you know how many times I cried and I dialed? Either because it was personal issues, either because it was rejection that I didn't know at the time how to deal with it. Cry and dial. Because success is going to make you forget about all the negative things. So that's how you do it. You keep doing it and it's okay. It's fine. 
before you know it, you're ahead of everyone that keep talking three months later about the agent, the client that's fine with someone else, although they promised them. Why do you keep talking about that? There's a rule. You have five minutes to bitch about it and then you have to move on. I didn't know if I could do that. No, yeah. I love it. I love it. So I hear a lot of Tony Robbins coming out of you, you know, raising your standards, you five, five and uh, he has a term for the whole five minute thing, like five and something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but have you spent a lot of time investing in yourself with people like yes. Tony Robbins? It's it's um, being surrounded by the right people um, and making an offer to participate. Put it this way. There's a sea of information out there on the Internet. Um, and there's a sea of of everything you want. Like we live in a time where, you know, you have everything at the fingertips. The problem is that people don't consume it. Like really, they don't consume the right things. They consume the negativity. They consume the uh, brainwash. They consume everything else. You have to learn to surround yourself with the right information and the right people. And that's where, you know, for years I used to pay to go to this retreats. Three times a year I used to go to the retreats in Las Vegas, in Anaheim, in San Diego, three times a year with no, no mistake until 2020 when it, this came up. And everybody was asking me, you know, it cost you about $5,000 to go to this retreat. So it's an investment alone for the real estate retreats on top of the personal retreats that you're going. Does it worth it? And I said, every single penny because everything happens here. And if I don't go to this retreat, surrounded by people that believe and they do things, I'm going to be a vegetable at home. Like, oh, you know, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard because it is hard because it is hard. So you have to find a way to make that work. So, and that's where, again, I can't say enough about it. That's where EXP came in place. I don't have to pay for these retreats anymore. I'm on the Zoom with these people that they're huge in terms of not money, in terms of who you are as a person. And I can tell you that I've been under a rock, like being and bombard yourself with that every morning, every day, every day, it just completely changes your life completely. And you become happy. That's at the end of the day, that's, that the, that's the, the reason for me, that's the meaning of life to have a purpose, to be happy. Um, and again, money, it, it's, it becomes as a, as in a secondary effect, you know, like a side effect of that. And that's what you want. You want to be alive. You want to be happy. You want to, to have that feeling of excitement waking up in the morning, not to be, oh, another, another day that I need to make my calls, another day that I need to follow up with my clients. It becomes tiring. It's nothing pleasant in that. So it's all about the attitude. And if you have the right attitude, you can sustain it by yourself. You're fooling yourself. If you think that you can sustain it by yourself just because you have a great personality, you're you're fooling yourself. Um, your mind plays uh, the role that the mind has, which is to protect you. You're, we're designed as a species to, be pro to protect ourselves, which means stay in the comfort zone, be afraid, don't do things. You know, your ego says you have to be safe so you can make babies and the species to continue. That's how we are. So on a daily basis, you have to become a psychopath, which is, hey, 
Put the ego down. Put the ego down. That's what psychopath does. You know, it doesn't work on the ego. Works on the other side, going towards the unknown, going towards the scary things. So that's a, we become a certain element of psychopaths. But if you do that, um, you can do it alone because your mind. It's hard. It's hard. So when you have an environment that pushes you, either that you watch Tony Robbins or you go to the event or you join groups or you join retreats, that's how you, you save time because that's what we don't have. We don't have time. So we save time by going there further and, and faster. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting, right? Because I think you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, you have to create your life. But I think in the world that we live in today, you have to curate your life. And we all need to have these filters of what we want to allow in because all we're doing is programming ourselves, right? So when you wake up in the morning, you get to begin again every single day. So if you had a shitty day yesterday, it's irrelevant. You can make the conscious choice and begin again to move forward and build what you're trying to build. And I would go even further saying you don't need to wait until tomorrow. You can have the thought today. And, and I do it consciously. And, and um, you know, I suffer of anxiety. So I I have that, you know, a constant in that. And I've learned to manage it by changing my thought process. It's huge, huge. If there's, you know, if, if you have to work with someone, it's hard. If you have to work with your kid, it's hard because convincing people is hard. But to work with your brain is the hardest job because your brain will trick you in every way possible. So um, learning how to trick your brain into the right things, that they are constructive. And, and literally, I had moments where I, I have my thoughts and they're not good thoughts. And I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, and just consciously make the thought to go away and focus on something else, but then it keeps going back there. And then I consciously drag it and put it back where it's supposed to be, where you know you want it. But then the other part, which is the ego, that it's always stronger to keep you alive, says, no, you want it here. So that fight with yourself, it's an everyday fight and it becomes an every minute fight. But if you learn that that's what it is at an you know early stage, and you do it consciously, keeping back into the track of what you want, um, by repetition, somehow the, starts, the brain starts to understand, oh, okay, so I'm not dying, I'm, it's, it's okay, okay. But then it's like, what if, what if, what if? And then, no, 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 it looks like I'm not dying. So if you do it more and consistent, the brain and the subconscious mind starts to pick up that you're actually not going to die. And you you create new narratives to your brain. And all of a sudden, years pass and you realize it becomes easier. It's easier. It goes that way, you know, the way you want. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Where did your self-awareness come from? I think from, uh, from, from growing up... Um, um, I think there's this, it's, it's funny because, you know, you have, you have this comparison that, that psychologists talk, you, you can have two twins growing up in the same environment yeah. and, and they go totally different paths. And, uh, um, I can say that to a certain extent if that that's what's happened with me and my sister. Um, and I think it has to be also of how your brain is wired, you know, like the, the way you, you're, 
your bond and uh, the way you perceive the reality. Because we can see and, you know, the two people can listen to what we say right now and some people can have a completely breakthrough and get a lot out of it. And some of them, they can hang up and say, what the heck, that's just She's all over the place. We can't stand what she says. So two people can hear the same thing and have a different interpretation of the reality. That's the most conflict come from. So I think um, being aware, aware, you have an awareness of yourself. It's a lot of work to not be afraid to discover your weaknesses and things that you don't like about yourself, things, the mistakes that you've done and accept certain things, you know, and not hold crunch to it and, and anger to it and, and make the best out of it. And it takes a lot of courage, again, because the ego, it's telling you, stay where you are because you need to be protected. Don't be, don't become hurt. Don't be hurt. But, um, you know, you, you, you get that, that sense of being hurt or fail, it's it's okay, you know. Um, the only thing that it's not okay if you get cancer and you die, um, but because that's the ultimate thing, but everything else, it's the way you interpret things happen to you. It's not, you know, nothing else. Yeah, and what you do with it, right? Like how you uh, use that as fuel. And it's, it, you know, you're, you're making such a good, good point here I've learned over the years that every time I get rejected or every time I get a big failure, that's an enormous, and I'm, I'm being very, very serious here. I feel it in my body that I get the fuel that I'm going to go bigger and stronger. It's, and it's so it, it it's kind of like, you know, when you have something sweet, sour in your mouth, you don't know if it's that or that, but in the end, Hey, it's kind of, I think it's, I think it's sweet, you know? And, um, it, it's just fuels me to say, Oh, that happened. That's, that's fine. Sucks. But what I, what did I learn from that? I learned that maybe I should not associate my, uh, how, how am I going to phrase it then next time when I'm in this position? How do I'm going to be able to be more aware of some things that they come my way and I'm not, uh, you know, it's either I put them behind because I didn't want to recognize them or um, and ignore them and they come and bite me or really I didn't see it. So I need to be more vigilant and understand them and create even more that minimum standards to, to be clear on it and be able to, um, to make things work. So there's no, uh, like I said, the only thing that you can replace being alive, but other than that, everything can be replaced. Everything can be done. So no loss anywhere. So, yeah. Andrea, I want to be conscious of your time and this has been an amazing deep dive and thank you for sharing and opening up. If we could talk about real estate for just a few minutes before we get off the air here. What are a couple things that have really contributed to your success that you would like to share with other real estate professionals if they can pull something uh, away from this specifically? So one thing that I can, because I'm an analytical personality, I know I sound like I'm very emotional because I talk with a lot of passion, but if you ask me the right question, you're going to figure out that I'm an analytical. Um, there's a lot in my system. 
So um, with my Top Agent Academy uh, Series 1 and Series 2, which I released, it's an online course, I literally go over everything step by step. And I believe strongly in psychology. So it's a lot of that in there in terms of the way you talk with clients, what you do pick one thing i don't know go go and watch me on instagram i constantly put it i pour in there a lot of information but if i were to pick one thing um i think it's like not giving up like i see i see agents they give up uh, way before they shouldn't they they haven't even started you know so you you have to have that that i don't know you have to be motivated to to not giving up and you you, you can do it because you have a, a, a course or be, because you listen to a podcast because you you know because you uh, have a coach even one-on-one you, you I've seen it I coached people one-on-one and um you can do it you cannot make it to be successful if you don't have that, if you don't learn yourself of how to create that internal drive and not give up, nobody can instill it in you. Because like I said, there's a sea of information out there and motivation and, and how to do things. And everybody knows how to do it, but nobody wants to do it. So I would say to to find yourself constantly motivated and sold, sell yourself to your own um, desires every single morning because once you sell yourself you can sell others to to what you want to achieve you can't achieve anything without other people you you need people so if if you're not sold on the fact like i talk with agents and they're they're shy to say that they're real estate agents they're salespeople. they call themselves marketers stagers designers and i said the first thing that you should learn to be so proud of who you are you are a salesperson and not only that they say it's too salesy. That's what you're hired for. It's almost like you're saying, I don't want to be a tennis player, but I want to w- play at Wimbledon. Well, you're supposed to hit the ball with the racket. You can't tell me you, you don't like to be salesy. You have to be salesy and you have to be with passion and you have to be proud of being a salesperson. So start there. Start there that you don't feel like, I'm feeling I'm begging for business. You're not begging for business. You're giving services. And if you have that feeling and you don't overcome that feeling, you're never going to be a salesperson. You have to be proud and happy and engaged and passionate of the fact that you're a salesperson. Yes, the person that closed the deal between two people. That's what you're hired for. So I would start literally there. Be extremely passionate about who you are. If you talk with someone at the door who says, I'm a real estate agent, when you say it, that person should be pierced inside their, their chest when they feel like you said that. That's how, how hard you should believe in yourself. I'm a real estate agent, and I'm helping you to make the right decisions. So, yeah, I guess that will be my first. My first thing is to sell yourself on, on what you're doing with, with passion before you try anyone to, to sell it on what you're doing. I love that. So one of the things I'm taking away from this is I think you are a very powerful decision maker. And that is not a quality that a lot of people have. And the people that I do see that are powerful decision makers usually have a lot of adversity behind them. So I meet a lot of real estate agents that get their license 
and they're struggling, but they haven't made the decision that they're a real estate agent. Yes, all right. And I think we just talked about that a little bit, but what I'd like to know is how does somebody commit to making that decision so they're not giving up or they're not setting themselves up for failure or they're not kidding themselves with some line of bullshit that, oh, I just haven't met the right client or I'm, you see this a lot with people changing brokers every two months. Yes. You know, and the Facebook groups are littered with agents going, my broker's not doing, it's always somebody else's fault, right? My broker's yeah. not doing this. My mentor didn't show up, blah, blah, blah. But I look at it like you just haven't made the decision. Like you're not committed to what you're doing. No, there's, there's no commitment. How yeah. do you empower somebody like that? How do you help somebody you like that? I can tell you that you can't. I'll tell you what happens because I go through hundreds of agents. And now that I'm building this international, not team, it's a group, an organization of mm -hmm. business partners, people come and go and they have this thought in their mind that through association that they will be successful. So they have this, this euphemism, you know, in their mind. If I partner with Andrea at EXP, I'm going to be successful. But what they don't do is what I, they don't, they don't do what I do when I hang up. They don't. And somehow everybody has, not everybody, the ones that they succeed, you see them. They have in their mind that maybe, maybe the broker record, maybe Andrea, maybe the coach, they're not telling me the magic pill that it's there. They're holding for it. So in their mind, there is that thought that somehow there's an easy way to get there, but it's not, and they don't want to see it. And what happens, the second they have that, that realization, it doesn't come to them as, hey, it's an awakening up call. No, it's, this is not working. I'm going to move. And the reason they move, I'll tell you why. When you move brokerages, what happens is it delays your actions again because it involves something that it's exciting it's the preparation time everybody loves the preparation time do you know how many people they contact me at the end of the year because it's the preparation time when you do your business plan and it's kind of nice you write down things and the goals and everybody loves that portion and everybody's on board everybody comes to trainings in that phase the phase that everybody jumps out of it and very few stay is the, the, the phase when you need to take action. And by switching brokerages, it allows you to have the prep to be in the preparation mode for a longer time. So you don't have to go to the pain of action. You're constantly in the preparation mode. And the preparation more mode and pain, it's a little bit for them, it's a little bit less painful than the action. So everybody's going either towards pleasure or running away from, from pain. So running away from pain for them is going towards the pleasure. I'm preparing myself. I'm making another change. I'm changing my business cards. I'm doing another design. I'm doing all of these things that they're not money making activities. They're basically just marketing that I like to do because there's no resistance there. There's no, you know, nothing. So 
what are you going to blame? Are you going to blame yourself? The day you go in the mirror and say, it's my fault, that's going to be your work awakening. But you can because your ego stops you and say, I'm not in the right environment. I'm not in the right this. I'm not in the right that. They're not doing enough for me. Where are you? You're the one responsible. The broker is not responsible. There's nowhere in that contract that says that. The trainer is not responsible for you after to go and rehearse your scripts and dialogues. You, you don't get someone to hold your hand and do it for you because if they do it, they can do it themselves. So taking responsibility for your actions and looking in the mirror and say, it's not the pandemic, it's me, it's me, it's extremely hard. Oh, this course, this online course would allow me to have 50 listings per month. What do I need to do? Nothing. I need to do nothing. Oh, bought, sold. Because it says, the course says there, do you want to door knock? You're never going to door knock. You're never going to call call. You're never going to have to learn the script. You never, and you wonder, it's like, you just have to breathe? And clients are going to jump on me and give me money? Oh my God, where do I sign? And that's completely la la land. Because I can tell you right now, the only way these people make money that they were selling the course in real estate is by you buying the course saying that you don't have to do anything. But if you ask them if they made money in real estate, they say, well, we pick up the phone. Oh yeah, and we have, you know, we we re- rehearse the script. Oh yeah, we door knock at some point at the beginning when we, you know, when we created our farm and when we build our network and, oh yeah, we did. But now, no, you don't have to do any of that. You just have to breathe. So they, they believe in that. They strongly believe that it's true. Then they try it and then it's not working. And then a portion, they go in and take a part-time job somewhere else. And then slowly, slowly transition out of the, the real estate. And then the other ones, they stay part-time and they have sphere of influence from time to time working with them. And that's pretty much it. That's, it's, it's always been like that. I'm not talking about anything that uh, Mike Ferry doesn't know, you know? So we know this, but they don't. And even if they, they hear it, they're like, no, 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 don't tell me that. I'm just going to switch brokerages. Is there a difference between brokerages? Absolutely. Otherwise, I would have not you know, switch Rallipage after 12 years. Sure. Because the reality is at some point you want to go into a system that allows you to grow at different scale. But the reality is, like I said in the beginning, you can have a tremendous, tremendous career uh, of a salary, right? Not an entrepreneur, but a tremendous career. Keep in mind, you can make $500,000 at being at any other brokerage. You can be at the uh, uh, right at home. You can be at the flat fee. You can be anywhere. Why? Because you pick up the phone and you talk with people and you ask them, do you want to sell or buy? Because you learn that when you talk with an analytical, you have to show them a lot of numbers. When you talk with an expressive, you have to talk about feelings. You learn these things. No, I want to be myself. Okay, so then you're going to appeal only to 25% of the people. The rest of 75 will not have anything related to you. Nothing, zero. So you want to work with 75% less of the market share, go ahead because you're going to do it your way. So they're not coachable. Most people are not coachable. The ones that they're coachable, I can tell you, they can be brand new agents and they close 100 100 million in transactions and volume. New agents. 
because they're coachable. What means to be coachable? You don't have to make the mistake yourself. You look at someone else that made the mistake and say, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to take the, their words and it's against what I would naturally instinctively go and do it. I'm not going to do it that way. So anyway, I'm extremely passionate about this subject because I am a trainer and I am a coach and I see I see people that do absolutely fantastic in their sponges. And I see people that they're walking away because they feel so uncomfortable and they, they're like, no, no, that's not working. Fear. And you see them. Um, it, there is a certain element of, of fear. I think there is a certain element of, and, and that's something that I discuss a lot with some of my, my coaches and my mentors, you have to, you have to be prepared to go to the next level every time, because if you're not doing it right, and when I say prepare is not only mentally and emotionally, you have to be also prepared in terms of uh, financially or, or uh, systems in place. You have to be prepared to give away, like we were talking yesterday in our mastermind, because if you, it's okay to give 40% of your income. If that giving away 40% of your income gives you 100% of your time back, that's what you're going to do. You're going to have a period where your income is going to be 60% of your income, but you're going to have 100% of your time back. And that gives you an, an enormous amount of time to expand and to grow, which if you keep 100% of your time in certain activities, you're never going to be able to do anything. How you can do that to scale, you always have to give something. It's either time or money. So you give away that so you get them the time and then you expand. So it's a lot of it's a lot of planning and a lot of you know, layers that should go in place every time when you expand. But if we're talking about agents that they want to go from, you know, um, a 10 million in production versus 30 or 50 million, the, the roadmap is it's so simple and so easy. I don't know why agents complicated. It's very easy. The question is how you build it from, you know, 50 million to 100 million when you cannot be a one man show and you need to start to create your own empire and you start to, to, you know, it's a different, different skills that you have to have. You than have to what build you that infrastructure. Before. Yes. You have to, you know, they, there's that saying where, um, you cannot be the agent that uh, does a million, uh, sorry, a uh, hundred million in transaction. You cannot be the same person that was doing 20 million. You have to become a different person and that becoming a different person for people, it's extremely challenging. If you want to be from zero to 20 million, you have to become a different person. You cannot be the person that was at zero. So being a different person all the time. And I was talking today, actually, because once a month we're meeting inside our Facebook group for the Top Agent Academy. And one of the things that we talked about, it's about learning to leave behind people. Um, when you, you when you become different different you know stages you leave behind people and not only people like I'll, I, I was giving an example I left behind my mom my dad my sister my entire family so you have to be willing to make sacrifices and if you're right now in a place where you know 
um, your team or your assistant or your transaction coordinator brought you to a certain level, you have to have that strength and power to make the decision to leave behind the person that brought you there because they didn't keep up with you. And regardless of how much you help them to keep up with you, they don't, then you have to let it go and go to the next person that will help you to get there. So a lot of agents, I see that they have that, you know, uh, guilt that they have into, I feel so um, attached to my broker manager. And in which way? Because if the more broker manager can actually bring you to the next level, you just have to talk with them and they would have done it until now. You have to be leave that behind and be thankful because they were the ones that completed that stage of your life and move to the next one that will complete. And most likely you're going to leave that person also if they don't keep up and that's okay it's not like you're doing it in a malicious way in a bad way in an angry way no it's time time to grow and you leave yeah the growth comes with that that sacrifice but if that keeps you back because the environment keeps dragging you back but then you're unhappy and you blame them because they keep it down well that's your responsibility they never kept you Right. You could have said no, but then you have to deal with the guilt. But that's okay. Learn to leave with that. And then eventually come back to them and grab them if you can. If they can't, if they don't want to, you're not supposed to be with them there. And that's okay. Yes. Andrea, this has been amazing. Thank you for going deep and broad with me. Um, where can people find you? I'm trying to think of many places. Buyers and sellers can find me at the bloom real estate team which is my local team where i sell real estate agents can find me on instagram or facebook at uh, the top agent group and anyone that's interested in my training obviously on my instagram i put a lot of the information for free um, and we have a lot of live things for free and stuff like that but top agent academy on instagram uh, or just the top agentacademy.com you can find my um, my course Andrea you'll be back for more I love this thank you so much oh, my pleasure absolutely anytime it was such a pleasure talking to you and thank you for uh, for having me hey guys it's Ray I hope you enjoyed that episode thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one 